sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. Gracious and loving God, help us to trust even more in your faithfulness and your grace. Amen. There was a summer when I was much younger and I was working in the North Cascades in Washington State and Heather and I were brand newly in love. <laughs> you know, not just in love, but brand newly in love. And it was our second summer together, and uh, we were apart for that summer. I was working up there in Washington in the mountains, and uh, she was doing some traveling and doing some projects with her uh, school. Anyway, we, she came up to visit one romantic weekend, and at the end of that time, I took her back to Seattle which was a complicated process. I had to borrow a friend's car and take her all the way back to Seattle and drop her off and, you know, tearful goodbye. <laughs> and, uh, and then I needed some, some cash, and so I put my card into an ATM machine and it ate my card. <laughs> and this is before the time of cell phones. There wasn't a whole lot I could do. I had zero money, and I just uh, fortunately had enough gas to get myself back uh, to the lake where we lived. And uh, just to describe, if you don't know, Lake Chelan is a long, snaky lake that runs north to south about 85 miles, and it's about a mile wide. So just imagine that. And the southern tip is where you drive to, and that's the little town of Chelan. And you have to get on a boat there and take the boat all the way up those 82 miles. And as you go farther north, you go from these kind of rolling dry hills that sort of look like Southern California up into fjords, you know, that looks like Norway. And it's just beautiful. And I lived and worked up at the top of that lake in this little town called Stihikin, which you can't drive to, obviously. You can only take a boat or a float plane there. So it was a journey back from the train station uh, and, and, and my farewell with Heather and the eating up of my ATM card. And you have to catch the boat in the morning. And so I got in late at night with no money. I got into Chelan. <laughs> I'm not back to my little cabin way up in the woods, but, but just back to the, to the boat dock. And uh, so the boat leaves in the morning. So God, God forgive me, but I snuck into a campground that night. Uh, the gate was closed and I parked my car outside the gate, walked into the campsite, put my tent down, thought I was being pretty sneaky and clever. <clears throat> And then uh, pitch my tent, and in the in the middle of the night, I hear this, <laughs> and I had pitched my tent. The door of my tent was right where the sprinkler for the campground comes on, and it didn't just come on and shoot the other way. It shot right into my flimsy little tent, and completely soaked what little I had left. <laughs> Everything. And it was a terrible night, needless to say. I was, uh, you know, no money, no girlfriend, <laughs> no sleep, no, no warmth. I was freezing. 
And I, I somehow survived it all, got back on that boat in the morning. And this long, slow-moving boat just takes me up into the mountains from those dry rolling hills into these lush, beautiful mountains. And I tell you all of this uh, just to build up to this image of the mountains. I felt like the mountains were welcoming me back in. Not a whole lot of experiences in my life of nature really, actually, I guess I do have a few other stories, but <laughs> nature just embracing you, just welcoming you back from really bad situations or, or fear or pain. And it was as if the mountains were saying, I got you. I got you, Dan. Welcome back. <laughs> in this passage we have today in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 17, God gets a new name also. It's not just Abraham and Sarah. This is the passage where Abram becomes Abraham and Sarah is renamed Sarah, but all that is preceded by God actually starting with a new name. We can't really see this in the English, but in the Hebrew, this is the first time that Yahweh or Elohim says, I am El Shaddai. In the English, it's just translated God Almighty, but it's the first time God Almighty is named in the Bible, El Shaddai. And El Shaddai in Hebrew actually translates to God of the mountains. Nature, you see, in a positive light. This is the, the, the sky full of stars. That's what happened in the story earlier. It's an illustration of all the blessing. Nature in a positive light. And then the God of the mountains. Right in the midst, by the way, of great pain, great sorrow, great fear, great uncertainty about the future. I have found that in Scripture as in life, nature... I mean, animals and plants, whole biomes and ecosystems, mountains and the vast cosmos, nature can really fluctuate back and forth from being a thing of blessing and a thing of, of fear and terror. It's so often a, a source and certainly a place for evil or fear or temptation as we um, think about during the Lenten season, just plain danger. Jesus is tempted out in nature, in the desert. There's snakes and storms and lions in the valley of the shadow of death in the scripture. Nature can often mean trouble in the Bible. Same as in life, we teach our children all the time about nature. Watch out. Be careful out there. From the creepy crawlies to big bears to falling trees or lightning, even the sun is a danger and we lather up to go outside or we tiptoe into the great ocean, afraid of what could happen. It's a big, bad world out there in the wilds, out there in nature. But other times, friends, other times, more often actually in my experience, nature can heal. Nature can comfort us. Nature can refresh or reinvigorate us. I just shared a story about that for me. Nature can teach us. And even at some mysterious level, nature can love us. 
Richard Louvre, widely published journalist and author, writes and speaks often about the healing effects of nature and how we have really lost track of that. Richard Louvre coined the phrase nature deficiency disorder. And he talks a lot about how staring at a screen shuts down almost all our awareness. Nature time, on the other hand, he writes, can literally bring us to our senses. Certainly our five senses, our sense of sound and touch and taste and smell and sight, but also, I would suggest, the sense of the divine. The sense of the ineffable, that sense of eternity, that sense of overwhelming blessing. That sense that the mountains, the the, the sense of the God of the mountains. So often, we miss that. So often, we can't see it. We're blind to it, to those billions of stars in the sky, or to the embrace of Mother Mountain. Abram and Sarah, too, were, were, couldn't see so much, right? They were blinded to so much. They were far from perfect. They were inundated by sadness and fear. In a way, they were just inundated by reality. So they couldn't see God's greater blessing earlier in this episode until it was imaged by nature, by a night full of stars. And in this episode here in our reading for today, given new names by the mountain god, god of the mountains, El Shaddai. Such a great scene. Genesis chapter 17 and the chapters before it too. Abraham and Sarah are overwhelmed with grief. Don't forget that. They are overwhelmed with despair, with fear. They are far from home. They have no children. And that is one of the sources of their great grief. They have no friends, for that matter. Have you ever felt like they do? Overwhelmed with sadness, with pain, with fear, and... They're in a tent. (laughs) Fortunately, it's before the age of sprinkler systems. No, they're in a tent. It's such a great scene. In a tent, think about being in a tent, even a large tent. You're supposedly protected, and you are at some level protected. In a tent, you can get things in perspective. You've got your meal, you've got your bed, Maybe you've got a small family or a partner next to you. Your world is all right here. Immediate, visible. And on one hand, maybe you've got everything you supposedly need. But, but there is a fear about what's out there. Perhaps there's even some nagging emptiness. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's some anxiety or some sadness or some despair, something keeping you up at night in your restricted field of vision, in your tent. These conversations between God and Abraham are so fabulous because 
exactly the opposite of what we think safety looks like is presented. Exactly the opposite of what we think good life looks like is presented. And God calls Abraham out of the tent. And suddenly he is exposed. This picture on the cover of our worship folder. Suddenly they are exposed. That word exposed means literally out of position. Suddenly they are out of position. 15th century etymology says of exposed. It is to leave without shelter or defense. How is God calling you out of the tent these Lenten days? How are these baptismal waters exposing you, friends? Rendering you out of position. We don't know what's going to happen. But there are stars out there that we can't always see. There are blessings before us. There are mountains up lake to embrace us and all around us. We are blessed, even though so often we miss that because of the thin and flimsy fabric of our tents. God's calling us to step out, to step outside the tent. Nature is not all bad. In fact, it can even comfort and heal us. God's calling us out of position, out of our comfort, to be comforted even more. Lent. We don't know what's going to happen on this earthly journey, how it's going to happen, but we have a God who does, who loves, who laughs, who embraces and blesses. A recurring theme to so many of our own stories, our life stories, our faith stories, a recurring theme I have found to so many stories that I've heard from, from you and from so many, and I know it's true in my own life, in our journeys, how God surprises us. How many of our stories are about us in the tent, so to speak, thinking that we're lining everything up as it should be, planning and strategizing and thinking we're controlling the direction of our lives, even uh, and, and despite the challenges that are before us. And then <laughs> water comes firing in to soak us. <laughs> God surprises us again, time and time again, even in the face of immense tragedy and heartbreak and pain and loss. Complicated childhoods, complicated marriages and breakups, complicated health histories or job tracks or money problems and all kinds of complications with children and parents. All of it very real and yet there's God all along and all those surprises of God. We have to kind of pause and think about it and recognize, oh, God was there. God was still blessing me all along. God is still loving me all along. God is still journeying with me all along. It's, it's funny how we don't recognize it until in retrospect. Oh, God was there. 
friends in Christ, the majestic mountains of God's grace are welcoming you back in these Lenten days. Just as I prayed at the beginning, gracious and loving God, help us to trust even more in your faithfulness and your grace. Covenant. This is the second week we talk about covenant. God's covenant with us. We break the covenant, but God doesn't break the covenant. Gracious God, help us to trust even more in your faithfulness and your grace. The stars are covering us like a blanket of peace. The mountains taking us in like a warm hug. That is, the covenant extends to you too. All to say, God's never left us. God's still with us. And God's got so much blessing still in store for us. Surprises await Abraham and Sarah. Surprises await you too. All to say, God's got us. God's got us. Like the mountains, I got you. We still struggle to trust that truth. But hear that truth once again this day, friends. See that truth once, a di- once again this day, friends, in this bread and in this wine that we partake in. Feel this truth in these waters of holy baptism. Taste and touch and smell the eternal, ineffable, divine truth that flows from the grandeur of nature right into our tent here, our sanctuary, calls us then to follow, to pick up our crosses, to trust, and leads us, this good God, leads us once again right back out there. In Jesus' name, amen. at Bethlehem Lutheran Church. Thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now. And remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. Here's to a new day. Evangelical. That was terrible. To learn more about our national church body. Start over, start over. (laughs) Okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You're good at it.